You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Cash-spewing ATMs coming to a strip mall near you. Bad news and good news about ransomware. Another Android backdoor is reported. The configure worm still crazy after all these years. Lessons for users from the 3 mobile hack. Biometrics meets the wind in the willows. China's new internet law. And what have Fancy and Cozy Bear been up to? Hibernating? I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Tuesday, November 22, 2016. Since July, ATM hackers, probably affiliated with the bootstrap mob, have been at work mostly in Thailand and Taiwan, stealing cash by inducing installation of a bogus firmware update that directed the machines to empty themselves. Taipei police realized something was amiss when they started receiving reports of cash lying around ATMs. This isn't conventional carding, but a direct manipulation of the ATMs themselves. Bootrap has spawned at least one associated gang, Cobalt, which has been active in Europe, and the FBI warns U.S. banks that they could be at risk as well. The CyberWire heard from Lev Lesokin of security analytics and risk prevention shop Cast Software. He thinks the Bootrap capers and others like them show what can happen to financial institutions once their perimeter is breached. Quote, As seen with the cyber attacks on ATMs in Taiwan and Thailand, once the perimeter is broken, it is far easier for the attackers to carry out simple commands that drain the institution of consumer money and possibly sensitive information like social security numbers. End quote. Lesokin would like to see more attention devoted to application security. Quote, the danger with internal application-based attacks is that malware can be sitting dormant within your system for months, if not years, before the hackers choose to activate its malicious properties. End quote. And if you're curious about what can be done to protect data at the application level, Lesokin thinks the code quality standards the Consortium for IT Software Quality put out are worth a look. Some good news and bad news on ransomware. First, the bad. The strain of ransomware known as... C-E-R-B-E-R, is back in the news. We spell out the allusion to the three-headed hound of Hades to avoid distressing the many listeners who reprehend our pronunciation as somehow Spanish. I'm looking at you, Phil. Researchers find that Pluto's guard dog has now begun to target high-value database files for encryption and extortion. But here's the good news. ESET has released a free decryption tool for crisis ransomware. So bravo, ESET. Anubis Networks finds another Android backdoor, this one associated with software from Reagan Tech Group. The backdoor enables potential exploitation of over-the-air updating. In IoT news, a patch fixes exploitable issues with Siemens-branded security cameras. Checkpoint scans the malware landscape and finds that Configure remains number one. Eight years after Configure spawned, it's still the worm that roared. 
we followed up with Balabit's Daniel Bago about the lessons the three mobile hack should teach us. He points out the two easily overlooked role customers, who are, after all, the users, have to play in security. Quote, we as users also need to take actions in securing our personal information, and the best way to do so is to be constantly aware. Users must remember that the Internet comes with the same amount of benefits as dangers. End quote. He offers three bits of advice worth bearing in mind, particularly as the holiday shopping season arrives. First, pay close attention to where you share personal information, and yes, do read those terms and conditions. Next, blind trust is always a bad idea. Be suspicious and look for signs that an apparent innocent link or request might not be legit. And finally, don't forget that no one's more interested in your security and privacy than you are, and play your part in staying safe. Among the fixes for securing devices and data, biometric technology figures prominently among the near-term replacements for passwords and PINs, and biometric identification has now been shown to extend to our animal friends as well. A proof-of-concept video being widely shared by Motherboard, and what's the Internet for if not to share videos of small animals being adorable? A pet hedgehog is shown enrolling his paw and using it to unlock an iPhone. It's almost as if Rat and Mole from The Wind in the Willows were visiting the Genius Bar at the Thames Banker's local Apple store. We're not entirely sure this represents an improvement over the Piper at the Gates of Dawn. Anyway, pretty cute. All cuteness aside, biometrics are indeed serious business when it comes to security. We spoke with Derek Northrup, head of biometrics at Fujitsu, for his take on where things stand. In certain industries, like for instance, policing, um, border security and things like that, it's quite a mature uh, technology. It's been around for a while, it's been used for a long time. It is quite robust. When we start to move into the consumer space, uh, biometrics has been around for a while. Uh, it never really had major mainstream adoption until things like Touch ID. But the interesting factor about things like Touch ID is that because you can still use the PIN instead, it's not necessarily a an increased security factor, it's more of a convenience factor. I, I think a lot of us, when we think of biometrics, we think of, of things that we see in movies and in Hollywood with you know retinal scans and people holding their hands up to uh, to scanners that that scan their their fingerprints and so forth. Um, how, how much do, do those those uh, perceptions of biometrics align with reality? With a lot of those uh, spy and crime and all those sort of things, uh, they have unrealistic expectations about the performance of biometric systems. If I walk past a, a TV a scanner, uh, takes my photo, it's not going to know what I had for breakfast. It's not going to know my first high school friend and all that sort of thing. It, it, it's not magic. It doesn't know these things. Essentially, it can't recognize me unless I'm already in the system. And so for a lot of these instances, there's all these unfounded fears about this biometric system is going to take over the world and do this sort of stuff. And it's like, well, it can't because this country is not going to share that information with that country. There's no centralized system. There's not a, all these sort of things. On the flip side of that, they're super easy to spoof and we cut people's hands off and everything's fine. We can break into the system. Also not quite right. And so uh, an understanding of how the different biometrics work is very important in determining what type of biometric to use. What about the concerns that um, you know your biometrics don't change? Where I can I can cycle through you know multiple different passwords. My fingerprints are my fingerprints, and they're going to be mine for my whole life. And so it's one of those things that uh, a biometric in and of itself for high security applications should never be the only factor. 
for things like logging into your phone. Um, you only use one finger, you can change finger, you can do all those sort of things. But for criminal justice and things like that, yeah, it doesn't change. But for high security applications, you should be layering factors on top of each other. So if one factor is compromised, the chain of trust isn't compromised and people don't gain access to the information. That's Derek Northrup from Fujitsu Biometrics. In industry news, Oracle announces it will acquire Dyn, recently famous as the victim of October's Mirai-herded IoT botnet denial-of-service attack. Telstra is buying security analytics shop Cognivo, one of the pieces of the dissolving New Zealand security firm Wynard. Recent Chinese moves to either restrict the Internet or bring the mandate of heaven, depending on how you look at it, appears to critics likely to inhibit innovation in that country's tech industry and elsewhere as well. George Hauer, professor of technology and innovation management at IMD, is among those critics. He thinks the new law will require a level of intellectual property exposure during the certification process that should trouble any company with potential Chinese competitors. Hauer hopes Chinese companies themselves will recognize the ways in which the Great Firewall holds them back, too, and will push for a more open Internet regime. Finally, in a look back at election hacking, it's worth noting that for all the crying of havoc and legitimate concerns about interference with U.S. voting, other places probably had it worse. Consider Montenegro's experience, as described by WAPAC Labs, in which the country experienced DDoS and heavy information operations, even an insipid coup d'etat, directed against the pro-NATO ruling party. So concerns in France and Germany about upcoming elections may not be misplaced. Russian intelligence services, of course, remain the prime suspects, but we have to say we haven't heard from Fancy Bear or Cozy Bear in a couple of weeks. Shh! It's late November, so maybe they're hibernating. Heaven knows they've been two busy, busy bears and must have a lot of sleep to catch up on. Fancy? Cozy? If we've been disturbing your slumbers, have a nice bowl of porridge and roll back over. There's a good bear. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber.
And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Rick Howard. He's the CSO at Palo Alto Networks. Uh, Rick, we talk a lot on the CyberWire about this notion of there being a communications gap between the technical teams in an organization and the CEO. Uh, do you agree this is, this is an issue that, uh, that, is, that needs addressing? Yeah, it's a problem that our industry's had for a long time. And, and one of the reasons is that, you know, most of the, especially the security people, uh, they've come up through the ranks, usually through the technical lane, right? The, they used to be, you know, uh, Unix administrators or network administrators and things like that. And they think about problems in different ways than, you know, the way that most C-level executives do. What I think we've done wrong here in our uh, approach to the problem as we communicate risk to the business is we know that the C-levels, uh, they manage risk as their job description. That's their job. They manage all kinds of risk, and they're making decisions every day about the risk to the company. And I think our one of the problems the network defenders have done is tried to make, that, uh, make it out that cybersecurity is some sort of special thing. And it's not. It's just another kind of risk. And we don't talk about it like that to our bosses. You know, we, you know, in my younger days, I used to think it was really fun to grab a spreadsheet of the latest vulnerability scan and run it up to the leadership and say, hey, look at all these bad things I found. And they looked at me like I had a horn growing out of my head. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? What we've got to learn to do as an industry, as a, as a network defender community, is learn how to convey business risk uh, to these C-level uh, leaders and also to board members. You know, one of the ways I've heard it described is that the, the board members uh, tend to think in terms of dollar signs, and the technical teams tend to think in terms of, you know, red, yellow, and green. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, I, and I've been known to make that mistake my, in my career. You know, it's a high, medium, and low risk. And if anybody asks me how I got to high, I do something like blah, blah, blah. You know, I've been doing this a long time. You should pay attention to me. Okay, but, <laughs> uh, you know, that's probably not the best way to do it. Um, and it's hard for cybersecurity practitioners, network defenders, to put a monetary value on risk, right? So here's a hint, though. I think that we, we should focus on material risk to the business, right? And, and that will help us focus our efforts on talking to these kind of leaders because there are so many threats out there, and we can kind of get lost in the weeds trying to deal with every single one of them. But if you can focus on material, what is material to the company? I think you'll have a better shot at this going forward. All right, Rick Howard, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. With Identity Orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks. Migrate from one IDP to another and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire.
and that's The Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Maria Varmazas here, your host over at T-Minus Space Daily and sometimes a guest on Hacking Humans, too. We here at N2K CyberWire work hard to bring you concise, intelligence-driven news and commentary, and we'd like to know how we're doing. Please take a few minutes to complete our audience survey and share your feedback to help us continue to grow and meet your needs. Visit cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey to get started. Thanks so much for your input as we reach for the stars. It means the universe to us. Thank you.